Hey, Jay, can I get a mic check? Jay. Jay? Shades? Anybody? Bueller? Welcome to Grapples of Apples, a podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to the tremendous controversy that is the Astros stealing signs and all that means for MLB. I'd get into it, but that'd be a whole entirely different show. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I'll be because baby, that's who I is. Now, unfortunately... Usually I'm joined by my hetero life mate, the the very sensual, the very toit, Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself, Shades. But he is currently in uh, in Toronto, Niagara Falls, Canada, somewhere, Buffalo, somewhere up there, celebrating his anniversary with his lovely lady. So we are flying solo tonight, but... Boy, do we have a show for you. If there was ever a show that I might need a wingman to catch my breath at least, it's going to be this one because we got so much news that took place over the week. So between controversy in Impact Wrestling, a new champion coming out of Hard to Kill, we got some new signings over at AEW, we got uh, the results to NXT UK Blackpool 2. We got just a whole bunch of stuff to go over. Oh my God, I'm delaying the inevitable because I don't know how I'm going to get through it all. Somebody, anybody, ring that bell. So as usual, we're going to start with the non-WWE news. Where to start? Okay, so let's go with some signings to kick off. First things first, probably the hottest free agent in the wrestling market the villain, Marty Skrull, has found himself a home. Many people were speculating he'd end up in AEW because of his, because of his relationship with the Elite and all those guys. Um, if not, then people thought he'd go to WWE slash NXT for that cheddar. But instead, Marty Skrull decided to re-sign with Ring of Honor, much to everyone's surprise. Now, not only did he re-sign with Ring of Honor... So it turns out that lately they've been selling everyone to two-year deals, but the terms of the contract have not been disclosed yet in terms of the length. However, what has been disclosed is that Marty Skrull will now become a part of the booking team with Ring of Honor. So previously, Hunter Johnson, a.k.a. Delirious, had been the main booker at Ring of Honor. What's going to happen now is they're going to share duties. Basically, because Hunter Johnson, aka Delirious, has the experience with the whole TV process and how to put it on like from the book to the TV screen, he's going to stay on board to do that, while Marty's basically going to have the book. So it looks like what it's going to be is that Marty's going to come up with all the ideas, he's going to come up with all the bookings, he's going to book all the matches... And then he's going to work with Delirious to make that happen. He'll come up with the ideas, bounce it off Delirious. If Delirious thinks he can do it, they'll do it. If not, then they'll try and figure out some way around it. But this is immense. Now, this is huge for a bunch of reasons. A, again, 
Marty's girl was arguably the hottest free agent right now on the market in terms of professional wrestling. For him to turn down AEW and WWE to stay with Ring of Honor is huge news for Ring of Honor because they've been floundering, they've been struggling. You know, people have pretty much just been waiting for the death knell. Uh, so rumor has it that WWE is just waiting for them to start coughing up blood so they can go ahead and purchase them and, you know, make use of their, their library. But with this, this could potentially be something that saves Ring of Honor. It could also doom Ring of Honor. As we've seen in the past with WCW, uh, when you give your current wrestlers the book, that doesn't always work out in the way you want. I mean, when Kevin Nash was the lead booker in WCW, it was a mess. So, while this is great for Marty, it could actually end up being horrible for Ring of Honor. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe, you know, Marty is a better booker and has a better mind and is a better person than Kevin Nash was. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on that. But this is a risk that Ring of Honor is deciding to take. And I think it's it's crazy. It's, it's ballsy. And who knows where it goes. Now, according to sources, and this might be one of the reasons why they gave Marty so much power is that because of Marty Skrull's friendship with the Elite, this might create a working relationship between Ring of Honor and AEW. Part of Marty's contract is that it is non-exclusive so that he does have the ability to work with NWA, which he's been doing with his program with Nook Aldis, and he can work with New Japan if desired. So, theoretically... If Marty, who's one of the the top bookers in Ring of Honor, has a relationship with New Japan, with AEW, and with NWA, there's potentially a way that he can maneuver some things around so that Ring of Honor can then have a working relationship with all four, with, with all three of those companies, and then you have four promotions who can kind of, you know, bounce around. Now, in terms of professional wrestling, that is probably the most ideal way that anything could ever work if we could ever have uh, an environment where everyone's sharing talent i think that would be amazing uh and that's probably the only way that anyone's ever going to touch wwe in terms of the market share i just don't know if this is going to work new japan is still currently the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world aew is the second biggest promotion in north america they're both trying to do their thing. New Japan's trying to cross over into America and Canada. Uh, I, this can go anyway. This can go either way. NWA is having their resurgence, be, you know, in large part to their YouTube show power. This is just Marty having this power, being signed to Ring of Honor, and and being a Booker, having such a high standard in a uh, high stature, sorry, high status in Ring of Honor, is huge and could become monumental in the future but again only time will tell now moving away from ring of honor and new japan and all these you know this what could be the alliance of wrestling this Sunday, this past Sunday, was Impact Wrestling Hard Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view. Now, there are a lot of eyes on Impact for this show, mostly because of their main event. 
the main event of the show had Tessa Blanchard going up against uh, Sammy Callahan for Callahan's Impact Wrestling World Championship. Had she succeeded, Tessa would become the first woman to hold a major, the major title, the main event title for any uh, wrestling, any men's wrestling promotion. So, and I'm, so I'm not talking like being a woman holding the top pri- top women's belt in WWE, like a Becky Lynch or whatever the case is. This would be like Becky Lynch beating Brock Lesnar. Not that Sammy Callahan's Brock Lesnar, but like her winning that title, the Universal Championship or the WWE Championship. We're talking about the, the main, main, main belt at any promotion. As far as I know, no woman had ever won their promotion's top belt. Um, although I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Sexy Star did it in Lucha Underground. But we don't talk about her because she's been blackballed from the, from the industry. So, with all of the hype surrounding Hard to Kill on Sunday... The worst thing that could possibly have happened, happened. Maybe not the worst thing. Maybe a little, a little dramatic. Over the weekend, just before Heart to Kill, I believe this hit on Saturday morning. Tessa Blanchard put out a tweet saying, Hey women, try supporting one another. Cool things happen. Now the problem is, whew, did this start something? Chelsea Green responded, pretty much saying, you know, you've consistently put down, bullied, and belittled countless female workers, including me. Is that support? Then the floodgates were open. A number of other female wrestlers from across all promotions, AEW, NXT UK, uh, Impact, so on and so forth, have all come out and said that Tessa has been a bully. And one even claimed that she spit on and used a racial slur towards a black wrestler while in Japan. Now, I, I mean, I can't express just how damaging this is. So first, the, the, the situation the, the, in question that took place in Japan was, quote-unquote, confirmed and verified by other females who were working that show or that promotion at the time and they all testified that yes this happened and when someone asked why is it all coming out now it was because apparently because of tessa blanchard and who her, who she is and you know who her father is and all that stuff had enough clout that the person that she did this to did not want this coming out out of fear of being blackballed as a response she was afraid that if Anyone came out that Tessa Blanchard spit on her and called a racial slur that it would find a way around to have that performer, the victim of the situation, get blackballed and have her career pretty much ended because of this. After Tessa and Chelsea and everyone started this, the person who brought up, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not using names. It's just It was so hard to keep up with all of this stuff. Let me see if I can pull up at least some names. Um, but the person who did mention the spitting and such and such said that she had texted 
the actual victim and that she said, yes, it was fine. You can say what you need to now. Um, so it's no secret to anyone in the industry. This has come up before that Tessa Blanchard has a bit of an attitude problem. This isn't new. Um, it's been said before that she's not exactly easy to work with. Um, that she's a bit of a drama, a bit of a diva, but the racial stuff and the spitting on people, that's just like a whole new low. That's stuff that just can't be tolerated in the industry, period. Now, the big question was going to be, what happened on Sunday? Was Impact going to pull the trigger and put the belt on Tessa despite this controversy? Or were they going to let this controversy change their booking ideas and their booking plans? And, I mean, because let's face it, anyone and everyone knew that the plan was to put the belt on Tessa. So, again, the question became, how does Impact respond to this? Do they continue to put the belt on Tessa, or do they not as a response to this controversy? Turns out, Impact don't care about no controversy, baby girl, because they went ahead and put the belt on her. According to uh, sources, Impact was kind of waiting to see what came out and were in contact, in constant contact with Tessa and Sammy about what they were going to do. And come Sunday morning, that's when they made the call and they said, okay, let's just do it. Let's pull the trigger. Let's put the belt on, on Tessa. Um, I don't know if that was because they felt that they trusted what Tessa had to say and her side of the story, or if they just said, screw it, let's go for it anyway. Um, again, I'm not sure which of those two schools of thought is what came of it, but nonetheless, Tessa Blanchard is your new Impact Wrestling World Champion. Now, from what I understand, she put out a statement, I think. I know she put out a statement that same day when it was all going on, saying, oh, none of this is true. I'm not even going to bother, like, addressing it. But I believe she also put out a new uh, response today. But, unfortunately, I do not have access to that because it is on Forbes. And Forbes is being difficult and not letting me read their article. So, I mean, let's see what happens. Um, and we have to see if anything else comes of this and, or see the, okay. So I was having this conversation with somebody prior and the difference between Tessa and say the Hogan thing or the Ron Sterling thing for those of you who are NBA fans and know about Ron Sterling and the Clippers is that those two men were recorded using racial slurs and being racist this is all hearsay so because it's hearsay impact and tessa can kind of get away with a little bit more leniency they can kind of get away with a little bit more of like oh well you know we trust tessa blah 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 we know that she used to be blah 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 and she said this and that and 
she's grown and we've grown and yada 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 quack 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 had there been any recording whether it's video or audio of this situation of tessa being racist towards a performer i think we'd be going in a different story i think we would have the headline being tessa blanchard loses to sammy callahan taken off impact wrestling suspended indefinitely but because it's all hearsay, it kind of gives everyone a little bit of an opportunity to, you know, dig their heads in the sand, so to speak. And just, okay, this is what he said, she said, whatever. So there you go. So Tessa Blanchard is Impact Champion. Now, is that the only match that took place on Impact Hard to Kill pay-per-view? Uh, nothing really worth noting no other titles changed hands uh we did have a rvd versus brian cage match end into a no contest which led into a rob van dam versus daga match which rvd won um i mean that was pretty much it uh however there is some fallout so Lately, the last few weeks, RVD's whole gimmick, his whole shtick has been that he's been like a, a playboy, I guess, so to speak. He's just making out with these women left and right. There was an interview with Brian Cage on a couch and RVD and some woman just dropped on the couch making out. Um, <coughs> and so they've continued this at its cost. So Impact Wrestling's Twitch account has been banned for violating their policy on sexual and gratuitous imagery. Now, for those of you who don't know, Impact was using Twitch, has been using Twitch, as a means for their online streaming. So they don't have a WWE network, they don't have a, a deal with you know a Bleacher Report or anything like that. They haven't been releasing their stuff on YouTube. What they do is they, uh, I think they simulcast their weeklies on Twitch, and I think they also simulcast their pay-per-views on Twitch as well. So, for their Twitch account to get suspended, or banned in this case, is kind of a big deal, because now Impact has lost their online outlet, their streaming outlet. So now they need to find a new way of going about releasing their online content or streaming their online content, which anyone and everyone knows is kind of where you need to be right now. You need to be able to stream your stuff online. Um, if WWE has shown anything, is having a streaming service is huge and can be absolutely huge. W, uh, AEW has their partnership with Bleacher Report. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sorry, with BR Live, which is a part of Bleacher Report, where they air their pay-per-views live. They also have their YouTube channel, which they release a lot of content um, New Japan has their own service, New Japan World. Uh, Ring of Honor has the Honor Club. Impact Wrestling, I think, has Impact Plus as like an online service, but I don't think it does exactly the same thing that they were doing with Twitch. So I don't know if they're going to move all of their stuff to Impact Plus. We'll see. Um, so the reason for this, now that I've cleared up the, the history with them and Twitch is there was a segment where RVD is celebrating his uh, his victory, the one, you know, him beating Daga, 
with his girlfriend Katie Forbes and her girlfriend Jennifer Barlow, um, where the women had whipped cream on their breasts. And so that was where Twitch said, no, 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 that is not okay with us. Adios, amigo. So that, I mean, I had thought that that was pretty simple for Impact to catch that win, but I guess they didn't think twice, and now they're banned from Twitch. So there's that. And that covers all of the... Not all of the non-WWE news, but that covers our news for Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, so on and so forth. Everyone's ever WWE to AEW, so to speak. Now, moving on to WWE. Not a lot of news, per se, in their camp, but we do have Triple H, who had initially made a, a joke tweet about Paige and her neck injury. Uh, making an allusion to her sex tape scandal. And so he issued an apology saying, you know, I reached out to Paige to apologize. I made a terrible joke, and I'm sorry if I offended her or anyone else. The joke in question was referring to Edge, who has kids, and Paige, who quote-unquote may have, but she doesn't know, you know, because of the sex tape. And so she responded, well, no wonder you guys basically saying, well, if my boss is making fun of me, of course, everyone else is too. Because unfortunately for Paige, people still do bring up the whole thing with her and Xavier Woods and Brad Maddox. You know, I would imagine it's hard for her to get her career moving when we can't get past the incident that took place over a year ago. So there's that. And in sadder news, we normally do the sad stuff first, but I... I kind of didn't want to bring us down right off the bat. Sad enough that I don't have shades next to me. Soul Man Rocky Johnson. If that sounds familiar, that's because that is the father of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Has passed away this week at the age of 75. Uh, He, I believe, was one of the... He was part of the first... African-American tag team champions in WWF, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You know, obviously, WWE Hall of Famer, son of The Rock. uh, Tremendous career in his own right, not just because of who his son is. Part of the big, you know, wrestling family that is the Maivias and the Johnsons. So, big, you know, rest in peace to Rocky Johnson Rest in, you know, my condolences, I'm sure Shay's condolences as well. Uh, our hearts go out to his family, his, their friends, and everyone, and anyone who's ever known Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Rest in peace. All right. So that covered, that pretty much covered the weekend. Uh, let's talk some, some wrestling over the week, right? So we got Monday Night Raw, where we had... Drew McIntyre defeating Randy Orton and AJ Styles uh, in a triple threat match where, you know, Randy and AJ were kind of going back and forth, and then Drew was like, I'm having enough of this. He came out, and he defeated the two of them in the triple threat match. I think we might be getting a Drew McIntyre face turn soon, which is pretty much the only thing worth mentioning. Uh, I think if they give him a face turn, they have to be very careful how they do it. When he was working the indies 
right before coming back to WWE. And during his short stint in NXT, he was a face. But it was a... It wasn't like a baby face. It wasn't like a... Hey, look at me, cheer for me, love me. Um, I'm a super good guy. It was more like I'm just a, 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 a badass who's here to beat up on the bad guys. He wants to be the champion. He does things the right way. It wasn't hokey. It wasn't cheesy. It was just very matter of fact. So if they're going to do a face turn for Drew, that's the way they should do it. It should be very matter of fact. If they do this... This might have an impact on my prediction for the Royal Rumble. But I won't get into that because that's next week. Um, let's see. What else do we have that went on on Raw? <clears throat> Ricochet defeats Mojo. Who cares? Charlotte defeats Sarah Logan. Again, who cares? There's a segment between uh, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Our truth comes out interrupting them. And he, you know, declares that he's going to be entering the Rumble because he thinks Heyman is going to be the number one contestant in the Rumble. And they're like, no, it's not going to be Paul. It's going to be Brock. F5, see you later. Mojo comes down, pins Truth. One, two, three. Mojo Rawley is the new 24-7 champion. Whoop-de-doo. Next, we got Lashley versus Rusev, which Lashley wins because reasons. But then we also have Liv Morgan and Lana get into it, where Lana splashed a drink into Liv Morgan's face. So next week, we're going to have Rusev and Liv Morgan versus Lashley and Lana, because this storyline will not die. It will not die. For the love of God, why not? It will not die. The Viking Raiders open an issue, an issue an open challenge. For their Raw Tag Team Championships, it is answered by the Singh Brothers, who lose just as quickly as they answered the challenge, because reasons. Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy continue their fantastic feud um, in a match that, you know, just... Seriously, here's the thing. We complain a lot about WWE putting on the same match over and over and over again. Oh, I'm tired of seeing the same match three weeks in a row. I'm sorry to say, and you know what? I don't want to see the same match now. I think this is now three weeks in a row. But it's so hard to argue when they put on such fantastic matches. Murphy and Black have such good chemistry, and their styles work so well together that if they don't know any other way to com- to complete com- to I'm sorry to propel this story forward. It's like, fine, I guess just let them have them wrestle again, because why not? Because, oh man, these two really know how to do it. Again, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we get some sort of variation or escalation or something, but in the meantime, this will have to do. Uh, speaking of escalation, in a weird way, this Monday, we're going to have Ray versus Andrade in a ladder match. So, we're doing that. This feud is continuing. Andrade once again removed Ray's mask. At this point, if we don't have a hair versus mask match, what's the point? But then, what are we doing here? Are we going to have a hair versus mask match and have Andrade lose so we can cut his hair for the wedding? Or... Is Ray losing his mask 
Because if Ray loses his mask, it has to be, it has to be for him to retire and or for him to pass it on to Dominic. But Dominic is nowhere near ready to be a full-time professional wrestler. So what are they doing here? Because they keep doing this mask nonsense and it doesn't have any... It's So even if you don't know the history of Luchador's masks, even if you don't understand like the heat that is messing with a luchador's mask even without all that in a bubble if you continue to do this it's going to lose its heat it's going to lose its luster at some point it's just going to be like oh he's going to mask off again who cares whether or not it's going to have the same impact as it would, let's say, in Mexico, or if the people who, uh, if people knew the significance of a mask to a luchador, even if you don't have that amount of heat, knowing that Ray's mask is a huge part of his identity, had you done it once or twice, that's enough to make a big whoa moment. Which is what WWE is all about. WWE is all about moments. But if you keep taking his mask off week after week after week, if and when he finally loses it for good in a hair versus mask match, who cares? We, we did this week. All right, I see him without his mask every week. You know? They, they have to... I don't know. Ever since they started teasing the whole unmasking thing, I've been bothered with where they're going. So, I have zero faith in WWE and them executing this properly. I would have hoped that Ray and Andrade, two guys who come from that world, who understand the significance of the mask. Uh, Andrade used to be a mask wrestler by the name of La Sombra. Ray's been mask wrestler his entire career. You know, I would have hoped that with them two, they would at least be able to, to you know steer Vince in the right direction. Like, hey, no, Vince is not how things go out here. But I have been wrong so far, so I guess I'll continue to be wrong in this case. Moving on, the big A storyline in Raw has been the AOP and Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and now the Big Show. Big Show came out last week as their surprise third partner, um... And so we were going to get this much ballyhooed fist fight. Not a wrestling match, a fist fight. And so the whole night they're, they're hyping up this fist fight. Oh, God, no. Oh, man. I don't even. It's so dumb. So dumb to advertise a fist fight that you know you're not going to give a fist fight. It, just, it doesn't make any sense. It's so stupid. Um, but. Th- the whole thing of this is at the end of the day, the numbers are once again skewed in one side. Because joining AOP and Seth Rollins is none other than Buddy Murphy. Whew. Okay, so now we have Buddy Murphy, who again has been putting all these fantastic matches with Aleister Black. Now he's firmly in the main event scene by extension, because of this. If, if, and that's only if, assuming this is not a one-time shtick. If this is a one-time, you're like, hey, buddy, thanks for the help, then lame. 
But if he joins this faction, if this now becomes a four-man faction with Seth, AOP, and Buddy, A, tremendous move creatively. This will have Buddy, you know, looking good. This will make Buddy seem like a main event player. This adds a little something extra to Seth and AOP. If they decide to do a tag match, and now Seth has a partner in Buddy Murphy with a similar style that they can go up against anybody and have a banger of a match. So, I think that's just a brilliant idea on behalf of creative. If, and only if, this, um, if they make him a permanent member. So, we'll see where that goes. Uh, moving on. Let's keep the ball rolling. Passed on Monday. Now we're on to Wednesday. So, we got some NXT, NXT UK, AEW. It's all happening. Let's start with AEW. So, not to be undone by Ring of Honor, AEW put some pen to some paper themselves. First things first, if you enjoy watching AEW on Wednesday nights, well, let me tell you something. You can enjoy AEW for another three years. They have signed an extension with TNT going through 2023. And on top of that, they are now going to have plans for a second weekly show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's on like Donkey Kong. For the third week in a row, AEW has defeated NXT in the ratings. They're touching, um, like, they're so close to a million viewers every week for the last three weeks. AEW has been, so far, a success. Uh, Whether or not you agree with their creative as of late, whether or not you feel like they've lost some of their luster, which Shades and myself have kind of felt like they're kind of falling a little bit, they're starting to stumble a little bit. Um, I spoke to some other wrestling fans, and they also agree they're starting to stumble a little bit. But nonetheless, statistically speaking, they have shown to be a success. So... TNT has renewed, or not renewed, but has extended their contract through 2023 with plans for a second show. And I can't, this is just nothing but good news. Not just because I'm an AEW fan, because I am, I'm not going to lie. But because, like I said, anytime you have more options in the industry, the better. Now, since AEW's got some... Some new TV time for the next few years. Well, you know, maybe they might need some extra superstars. Maybe they need another commentator. Well, guess what? Hey, Brian Cage. Here's a contract. That is right. Brian Cage, the massive muscle monster that is Brian Cage, has signed with AEW reportedly. There's no official announcement from AEW or Brian Cage. In fact, Brian Cage's wife has gone onto Twitter and refuted the claim and said no. No one has signed nothing nowhere. But I think that's just to keep things under wraps. I would not be surprised if we see Brian Cage make his debut at Revolution in Chicago 
next month. Not only have they signed Brian Cage, but on the counter, at the desk, behind the microphone, the one and the only Taz has officially joined AEW. I cannot be more excited about this. In my personal opinion, we need Taz. We need JR because he's JR. And then, I don't know, Excalibur. Cool. Give me those three guys and I'm set. Because when Taz was on, I think he was filling in for Shivani. Fantastic. Taz knows how to call the stuff. He knows the product. He knows wrestling. You know, anyone who watched wrestling, WWE in the early noughts knows that Taz is good on the microphone. So, hopefully this contract with AEW is for something in a permanent capacity. Hopefully not just like everyone's in the blue. I don't know. Maybe they'll do just dark. Maybe he'll be their dark guy. And JR will be their regular, their dynamite guy. I don't know. Maybe Taz will be for their second show because, you know, they're planning that. No clue. But I'm glad to see Taz will be under the AEW banner. And last bit of news for AEW is Chris Jericho's Rock and Rage Red Sea, or a.k.a. the Jericho Cruise, or a.k.a. the Jericho Cruise, will be hosting AEW's Dynamite next week. This past week was in Miami, Bash of the Beach, because that's where they're docking from. So AEW, Bash of the Beach, this was, this past week was in Miami. And the following week will be recorded as an episode for AEW's Dynamite next week. So that's probably actually going to be taking place over this weekend, probably like tomorrow. is probably going to be when it happens, when it's recorded. And then it'll be released as a pre-recorded live episode next Wednesday. Now, talking about this week's Bash at the Beach. Um, so we had the four-corner tag match to kick off the show. And boy, did it kick off the show. At first, I was a little hesitant about starting the show with such a cluster of a match. But man, when you have Hangman and Kenny Omega versus the Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz <coughs> versus the Young Bucks, you can only get good wrestling. And the best thing about it, and, and again, I, will, I can't stress this enough, People complain that the Bucks are nothing but spot monkeys. People complain that AEW is nothing but spots. This entire match was nothing more than them telling a story. So, obviously, the Young Bucks are part of the Elite. Kenny Omega and Hangman are also part of the Elite. So, you have four guys who are part of the same faction, or who are at least friends. And they're all... In the same match against each other. Now there's also been the issue with Hangman. Or I'm sorry Shades isn't here. So I forgot I've been calling him incorrectly. It's Hangman. Um, Hangman has been trying to break away from them. They've been doing this whole like alcoholic drinking thing. So while the four of them are friends. 
there's still that bit of tension from Hangman. And they played that throughout the entire match. You had the best friends doing their own shtick. And then you also had Santana and Ortiz, who are the heels. They're the only heel team in these in this Four Corners match. <clears throat> and they made sure to be the heels. Whenever things were getting too you know, comfortable for the for the any of the face teams, they'd jump in. Whenever there seemed to be a moment between any of the face teams, they would jump in and spoil the fun. This is what they were here to do. And in the meantime, they were constantly playing off of the Bucks with Kenny and Hangman. Um, whether it was looking for a tag and not getting it. Whether it was a blind tag that was not reciprocated. Um, that was like, okay, like, okay, blind tag, cool. And they work together versus a blind tag that they did not want that turned into tension whether it was a there was one scenario where um i think it was matt was looking for to tag somebody and he had kenny and hangman both standing there and matt looks at both of them hesitates and then tags kenny and hangman gets upset and so again we're creating that tension this whole match was to create that tension, or to build that tension, rather, between Kenny Hangman and the Bucks. Uh, so the, the match goes, and Kenny and Adam Page win the match. And again, the story was that the Young Bucks had done all of the heavy lifting in that last quarter, the last third of the match. They were putting in all the moves. They were doing everything. They were the ones putting in all the work. And then Hangman just does a blind tag. And him and Kenny end up winning with the Buckshot Lariat V-Trigger combination. So then Matt's upset. And he's like, dude, what's going on? Like, we were doing, we, we had this in the bag. And then you just snaked the win. But then after a little while, they all got over it. They all gave each other a high five. And they all, four of them, raised their hands in victory. In the middle of the ring. So again, this is not about spots. Not that there weren't any spots, because there were spots of plenty. We had plenty of backflips and corkscrews and planches and tope cone heroes and tope suicidas and we had a a, a a suplex that featured every combatant in the ring plus Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed. So there were plenty of spots, but it was the point was to serve the purpose of the story. So now, next week, it will be Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus SCU for the Tag Team Championships. <sighs> Sorry, I got some water there. Alright, so then, after that, we had the Tag Team Match of Hiroko Shida and Chris Statlander versus the Nightmare Collective. It was supposed to be Awesome Kong and Mel, and Mel, or did you call her Mel? <laughs> but Kong was not cleared. I've been saying this, guys. Awesome Kong is not the same Awesome Kong that she was. She's not, people are complaining. Oh, how come they don't feature her enough? How come she wasn't in the in the running for the championship? How come this? How come that? Because she can't go the way she used to go, guys. She does not have the physical capability 
to do it anymore. At her age and her size and the bumps that she was taking back then have taken a toll on her body and she just can't do it. Um, the match was super average. Not really crazy about it, but whatever. Uh, Sheeta and Statlander win and we move on. We had Moxley versus Guevara where Moxley won with a sleeper hold. We had the Butcher and the Blade uh, with MJF versus DDP, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. I said it last week, I love DDP, but I don't want to see this match because I don't want to see old man DDP out there, although I definitely popped and yelled out bang after every diamond cutter because marks are going to mark. Um, but they end up losing anyway, so who cares? We had the main event, which was Darby Allen and Pac. Now, this probably would not have been my main event, to be honest. But considering what they're doing and the two guys and like the fact that neither one of them are... Neither one of these competitors are going to be afraid to do anything. This is definitely a good match to send the fans home with in terms of excitement. So, we have this match. Pac wins by pinfall. Uh, the big story of the show was Moxley is, you know, he's now feuding with the inner circle. At some point, they jumped him and they had, like, jabbed him in the eye with, like, a, a screwdriver or something. <clears throat> and so he was supposedly out and... So I think he was supposed to have a match with Pac next week. And they're like, now you're not going to have the match because Mox is hurt. He comes out bandaged, looking like the guy from Metal Gear Solid. And she says he's not going down like that. He don't care. He's going to fight and he's going to kick Pac's A-double-S next week for the title shot. And there you go. Dynamite was a f okay enough show. Served his purpose. Did what they got to do. Nothing crazy, nothing special, nothing amazing. Just do what you got to do. Moving forward to, you know, where they have to get to before Revolution. Now over to WWE's NXT brands, both NXT and NXT UK. Over the weekend, we had NXT Blackpool 2, which feature just fantastic matches across the board. Eddie, Eddie Dennis versus Trent Seven. We have Kaylee Ray uh, retaining her title against Tony Storm. I love you, Tony Storm. And Piper Nevin. We had Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. We had Gallus retaining against uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans and Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. And the main event of Walter retaining against Joe Coffey. The big thing was... At the end of the show, as Imperium is standing tall in the middle of the ring, from the crowd jumps four gentlemen dressed in black and gold, the Undisputed Era, jump Imperium and put the beans on Walter. This is building to the World's Collide event, which is to take place, if I'm not mistaken, the Saturday before or the Friday before Rum, uh, the Royal Rumble. I think it's going to be Friday. I think Friday is Worlds Collide. Saturday is TakeOver Phoenix. And then... I'm going to take over Portland. I'm sorry. Take over Portland. And then... Um, 
Royal Rumble or something like that. Their their schedule's a little weird um, because I think they're trying to move NXT away from the Rumble. Uh, let me see. TakeOver. Portland. I think that's actually going to be in February. So that's, yeah, that's going to be on February. So I don't think, so I think that's going to take place of the usual takeover before the pay-per-view. So let me see. Royal. Royal Rumble weekend. Yeah, so it looks like that's going to be the situation. It looks like we got um, Worlds Collide set for that Saturday, the 25th. And then the Rumble will be on Sunday. So I think it's going to be, from if I'm not mistaken, Worlds Collide is just going to be a pay-per-view that's pitting NXT versus NXT UK. And so similar to the Survivor Series Invasion angle where NXT was jumping people, I think that's where we're going to start having now within these two brands. <laughs> So we had Undisputed Era jump the Imperium at the end of Blackpool 2. Then this week on NXT, we had Walter cutting a promo in, I believe, German? I don't know. Where essentially he said he's going to show up at NXT with Imperium next week on the Go Home show before um, Worlds Collide. On the show itself, it was announced that, I'm sorry, actually on the bump, it was announced that Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor will finally happen. They started setting this up months ago, and then Gargano got hurt. So they're finally set to take place on NXT TakeOver Portland on February 16th. So... That match is sit chigu. Um, this week's NXT featured a women's battle royal to determine the new number one contender for Rhea Ripley's championship. Uh, interestingly enough, about this match was the people that were featured in it, because this was the first time that we've seen a certain somebody in quite some time. So, one of the entrants was none other than former NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler. So, I was very surprised to see her because I did not expect for her to show up on NXT TV ever again, to be entirely honest. But, there she was. Um, Other contestants that were a surprise to me was Casey Catanzaro. Casey Catanzaro had announced her retirement from professional wrestling a few months ago, presumably because of back issues that she was suffering from. But she showed up. She was in the match. Uh, other contestants were Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, uh, Io Shirai, the returning Tegan Knox, and the debuting recently signee, Mercedes Martinez. So that was awesome. Um, we also had, let's see, MJ Jenkins, Jesse Kamea, Catalina, who had that brief stint 
up on the main roster with Sin Cara before he left, uh, Caden Carter, Indy Hartwell, Santana Garrett, Vanessa Bourne, Deanna Parazzo, Zia Lee, uh, Mia Yim, and Shazi Blackheart. So the final two ended up being Io Shirai and Bianca Belair, two heels, but Bianca Belair ends up winning, and she is now the number one contender to Rhea Ripley's NXT UK, I mean NXT Women's Championship. Other matches on the show included the Broserweights defeating the South Wales subculture, which is, I guess, the tag team name for Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. So they advanced in the Dusty Road Classic, or in the Dusty Classic, rather. Uh, the Time Splitters going up against the Grizzled Young Veterans. And much to my surprise, the Grizzled Young Vets actually go over on the Time Splitters. So I guess that was just a one off, and there we go. Leo Rush defeats. I mean, I'm sorry. Leo Rush is defeated as well as Tyler Breeze. Defeated by Isaiah Swerve Scott who won the triple threat match uh, to claim a spot in the Fatal 4-Way for the Cruiserweight Championship at Worlds Collide. Uh, the others... I don't think the others have been announced yet. So, again, NXT, another one, another show that, you know, did what they had to do, set some things in motion, um, kind of just covering ground. You know, they had to move on the Dusty Classic, so they did that. They're setting up some matches for Worlds Collide, so they did that. But nothing special. Uh, again, similar to AEW. Just, they did their thing to do their thing, and that's what their thing was. So, not good, not bad, just, it was what it was. And in a week of just non-stop wrestling news, and just non-stop everything, I, I guess it's it's okay. That we had a, a simple AEW and NXT. Uh, and then SmackDown rounds out the week with a decent show. Very wrestling heavy. Not too much nonsense. Uh, we had the Usos defeat the Revival. We had... Um, let's see. The New Day. Oh, uh, John Morrison defeated Big E. We had a little interest. So backstage, we see Bailey fighting. Uh, what is this woman's name? Lacey, Lacey Evans. They're fighting while Sasha is on the floor looking hurt. So I guess the story is that Lacey beat up Sasha. So then Bailey was beating up on Lacey. So Lacey Evans and Sasha Banks are supposed to have a match. That's scrapped, and we have Lacey versus Bailey. Lacey wins that match, so now Lacey has a future title opportunity against Bailey's women's championship. Nonsense. Who cares? Um, in the saga of Mandy Rose and Otis, so now we have what I was afraid of, but I'm interested in which is starting to, to add to the drama aspect. So we see Sonya Deville backstage, and Mandy Rose comes up to her, and so, Sonya Deville's like, hey, can you have Otis ringside for us, for my match? And she's like, why? I'm going to be there. And she's like, oh, well, you know, after seeing last week, I now understand, I get it now. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, now I understand why you're so nice to Otis, 
after seeing how he interfered and got you the win last week versus Nikki Cross, or was it Alexa Bliss? One of the two. Mandy Rose tries to explain that that's not the case. She's not using him, but whatever. She'll see what she can do. So we don't see that interaction. We just go straight to the ring where Heavy Machinery, as a team, do come out to support Sonya Deville. So we have Sonya Deville with Mandy Rose and Heavy Machinery in her corner versus Alexa Bliss, who has Nikki Cross in her corner. At some point... Mandy Rose is trying to interfere. She gets knocked off the apron. Otis catches her. Sonya Deville gets distracted by that, and she gets rolled up. One, two, three. So Sonya Deville loses, and her plan backfires. So I'm kind of intrigued. I like that they're making Mandy an actual, like, a nice person, a good person. Throughout all of this, she's trying to actually be nice to Otis, but there's been misunderstandings along the way, and I kind of like that. Um, I don't like... That we're being like we're getting into like high school territory, but whatever. Let's see where this goes. <clears throat> the main event was I might be missing like one or two segments, but I promise you it's not worth anything. The main event was Roman Reigns versus um Bobby Roode in a table match. And the winner would then decide the stipulation. For Roman's match with King Corbin at Royal Rumble. So if Rude won, Corbin got to decide a stipulation. If Roman won, he decided a stipulation. So we have the match take place. Uh, Baron Corbin tries to interfere. <sighs> Ziggler interferes. They both try and hold Roman down on the announce table for Bobby Rude. And then the Usos come out to even the score. So the Usos do a double splash onto Ziggler and put him through the announce table. And then Roman Spears Rude through a table in the corner. He then announces that their match at the Rumble will be a Falls Count Anywhere match. And they went off the air. And that was that. That was SmackDown. And that wrapped up wrestling for the week. And woof, I'm exhausted. Now, in professional wrestling, sometimes there's good seeds. Sometimes there's bad seeds. But at the end of the day, they all come together to make the amazing, beautiful tree and garden that is professional wrestling. So let's go over our good seeds and bad seeds for the week. Now, I'm going to go bad seed first. And my bad seed goes to RVD and Impact Wrestling for getting themselves banned. A, I think that whole gimmick and shtick of RVD with the two girlfriends and, like, it's just, I think it's gross. And it's very 1998. And I don't, like, is, is this really what we want in professional wrestling? We, like, is this wrestling now? RVD just making out with two girls and grabbing their butts and being overly sexual anywhere and everywhere they go. Like, I'm sure RVD's having a field day with this, but I don't I don't know what I need this in my wrestling. And then for them to be clueless enough to do this and get themselves banned from Twitch is just dumb. Their relationship with Twitch had been helpful to them, had been very benef- had been very beneficial to them. 
and for them to blow it and get banned over whipped cream boobs in 2020 like i just i think it's just dumb um i would have given my bad seat to tessa but it's all hearsay so i'm just gonna go with impact and rvd and they're just nonsense lack of thought my good seed man um you know what i'm i'm gonna do something a little crazy here i'm gonna do something that i didn't think i'd do in quite some time i'm gonna give my good seed to monday night raw now it wasn't the best show it wasn't an amazing show but i feel like they're starting to like this is some of the best creative they've seen them do in a long time i like the stuff they're doing with with adding buddy murphy to the faction of seth and aop i like samoa joe and kevin Owens together um randy and aj and drew that works for me um alistair black buddy murphy continuing not continuing don't know but i'm interested there also and then comparing them like i guess this is me giving them a good seat as in like a okay good job guys like you know when you have that student who's always pulls like d's and they finally pull a c on a test you want to give them extra acknowledgement this is what I, f- I feel like raw is constantly getting f's and they finally pulled out a c and so i'm like good job guys i want to acknowledge you guys so my good seat of the week goes to monday night raw and every diamond cutter that ddp hit bang anyway that's gonna do it for our show this week i'm sorry you've had to endure listening to just me ramble on for about an hour or so however long it's been as always i've been one of your hosts ill will the thrill the poetarian shakespearean candidate major english whatever you need me to be that's what i'll be because that's who i is not joined by anybody giving you this show by myself as always you've been listening to us on soundcloud.com slash grapples apples grapples at number two apples if you don't want to listen to us on soundcloud you might be on google play music or on apple podcast don't forget to catch us on our social media pages. That's twitter.com and facebook.com slash grapples apples. Again, that's grapples on number two. Apples, like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to put us in as many ears and eyes as humanly possible. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to catch us this week, next week, and every other week because an apple a day is bad wrestling. Peace.